0: Hi, you're listening to New Week number 94. This is a midweek update from New World Saying Humans, a newsletter on trends, technology, and our shared future by me, David Matton. You can find the links, videos, and images in this instalment in the email, just scroll down, Or on the web, see a link in the show notes. And if you're listening to this and you haven't yet subscribed, join 22,000 curious souls on a journey to build a better future. Go to www.newworldsamehumans.com to sign up. Hello from a very sunny London. It's a packed instalment this week. What have we got in store? Tech giant NVIDIA launch a new tool that empowers users to build their own ai fueled avatars. Meanwhile, Europe's exceptionally hot and dry summer is a troubling signal of what lies ahead. And biometrics are creeping ever deeper into our lives, courtesy of Amazon, the US government and others. Let's get into it. Avatars Assemble This week, another onrush of metaverse news. Let's take a look at two stories. US tech giant NVIDIA launched their new Avatar Cloud Engine, a cloud-based toolkit that helps users build their own ultra-realistic virtual humans. The tool forms part of NVIDIA's Omniverse Avatar platform, which I wrote about back in New Week number 60. And they're intended to democratise access to the massive computing power needed to build ai fueled avatars. And in the email or on the web, you can see a video in which NVIDIA demonstrates this new cloud-based toolkit. NVIDIA then continue to double down on their vision of a consumer arena filled with virtual humans playing a wide range of roles, from drive-through staff to customer service assistants to counsellors. Meanwhile... Headlines were generated this week by the ongoing land price crash inside popular metaversal worlds. The average price of land sold in Decentraland peaked at U.S. dollars in February. By the 1st of August, that had fallen to just five thousand one hundred and sixty-three dollars The drop prompted Business Insider to announce that the metaverse hype seems to be fading. Here's the New World Same Humans take. Two metaverse stories, two seemingly contradictory messages. NVIDIA is investing heavily in a strategy founded on the idea that virtual worlds and virtual humans will soon be a part of all our lives. For more on that, see Kim Kardashian, virtual humans and how weird becomes mainstream. Meanwhile, some technology journalists are rushing to argue that the metaverse bubble has burst. What's going on? What bedevils so much discussion of the metaverse right now is the lack of any clear definition. In particular, this week's suggestion that the metaverse was maybe just hype all along is founded on a set of overlapping and wrong ideas. The metaverse isn't Decentraland or Roblox or any other specific virtual world. Instead, as Tim O'Reilly argued this week in a brilliant essay, The metaverse is best understood not as a place, but as a medium. I've come to think of it as the emergence of a new kind of internet, one in which people are having experiences that are as meaningful to them, in some sense as real to them, as the experiences they're having in real life. Internalise this definition, and the complexion of the land price story changes – Back in the early days of the web, brands such as Netscape and AltaVista peaked and then flamed out. We'll see the same thing with key metaverse platforms in the 2020s, like Decentraland or Roblox or the platforms Meta is building. No one knows which is going to win and which is going to lose. But the medium itself is here to stay, because just as with the internet, it unlocks powerful new ways to serve age-old fundamental human needs. Take me to the river. Here in the UK, as I mentioned in the introduction, we're entering another heatwave just three weeks after temperature records were shattered across the country. This week, new satellite images showed the toll this heat has taken. Vast swathes of the UK have been reduced to a charred yellow that is highly unusual even for this time of year. Anecdotally, I can relate, I live close to a large grass heath in south-east London and have never seen it so battered by heat. A madly hot and dry summer means many rivers in central and southern England are running exceptionally low. And recent satellite images also show the same is true across much of mainland Europe. See images, for example, that show the River Po in Italy as close to drying up in places. Northern Italy is currently experiencing its worst drought for more than 50 years. Meanwhile, Spain is experiencing a prolonged dry spell that has seen reservoirs hit rock bottom. Check out this brilliant Twitter thread for a rundown of the many ways the insane heat has disrupted Europe this summer. And of course, you can find a link to that thread in the email. This week, the head of the European Space Agency, Joseph Ashbacher, warned that the economic impacts of climate change will come, eventually, to dwarf those of the current energy crisis. Here's my take. This newsletter has harped on recently about the coming reality that is adaptation to a heated world. And I know regular listeners can no doubt recite the central argument. The 1.5 degrees target is out of reach and adaptation is our last and only option. But the welter of satellite images depicting a climate deranged Europe in recent weeks are a reminder that adaptation will prove far easier to talk about than it will to enact. The cartoon version of a climate-doomed future is one that wipes out humanity or something close. That's possible but unlikely, and for a deeper investigation, see a paper this week which argues that we haven't done enough to investigate the possibility of truly catastrophic heating. But either way, I'm increasingly convinced that our current energy woes are only a foreshock that signals the coming of a mighty earthquake, A World War II level economic and social convulsion that shreds agriculture, energy, transport and more. If that turns out to be the case, then the only way out will be through. We need to ready ourselves collectively and individually for what is coming. And we need to start thinking about what we want our societies to look like. Who we want to be when we get to the other side hand it to you three stories combined this week to form a signal of a coming age of biometrics amazon announced that it will bring amazon one palm scanning payment devices to 65 whole food stores in california that's the biggest rollout of the technology so far the device requires that users first link a scan of their palm to a payment card last year a group of us senators sent a letter to ceo andy jassy asking for clarity on how Amazon plans to store palm scans and how else it might use them. Meanwhile, here in the UK, the Home Office said it will soon require migrants convicted of crimes to scan their faces up to five times a day. These migrants will wear smartwatches equipped with facial recognition technology, which will also track their location 24-7. And finally, news emerged this week that several cities in the US are rolling back previous bans on the use of facial recognition by police. New Orleans, for example, instituted a ban in 2020, but decided in July to change course and allow police to use the technology when investigating violent crime. And a similar ban was issued in California in 2020. It's due to expire this year and attempts to make it permanent have failed so far. Here's my take. There's nothing entirely new going on here. Rather, this is an intriguing story about slow accumulation. Biometrics have crept their way into daily life across the last decade. A staging post was crossed when many of us began to access our phones via facial recognition. But these happenings are a signal of how early we are in that story, of how much deeper biometrics are set to weave themselves into the fabric of our lives in the 2020s. Two fundamental human impulses are driving all this. On the consumer side, it's the impulse towards convenience. Amazon One is just the latest in a long line of Amazon innovations intended to make shopping as easy as breathing. On the organisational side, that means business and government, it's the impulse towards control. Amazon wants to know everything about you, so it can leverage that knowledge to shape your behaviours and make you predictable. Data is the key that unlocks this knowledge. See also this week Amazon's $1.7 billion acquisition of iRobot, makers of the in-home Roomba robot vacuum. Underlying all this, though, is a deeper question. How much of our freedom are we willing to give up for yet more convenience? Across the last two decades and step by step, we've acquiesced to a settlement with big technology that allows them vast oversight of our lives and huge unaccountable power. But there's still time to remake this settlement, to put the brake on biometrics, if we can muster the collective will. For more on all this, revisit The Tyranny of Convenience. Also this week, New World Same Humans reader Julia Camargo created an online tool that allows users to calculate how much energy and money they'll save if they turn down their air conditioning. The tool was created in response to last week's new directive in Spain, which means public spaces cannot set the AC below 27 degrees. TikTok parent company ByteDance paid 1.5 billion US dollars for China based Amcare Healthcare. Founded in Beijing in 2006, the company offers private medical services and operates hospitals. ByteDance didn't elaborate on this expansion into healthcare, but it does come weeks after Amazon's $3.9 billion acquisition of One Medical. Food delivery company Deliveroo says it may leave the Netherlands. The company cites poor results in the country. But regulatory changes are also shaping the company's future. The EU is mulling new regulation of gig economy platforms that would see many of their workers recognised as full employees. Chinese tech giant Baidu has gained permission to run driverless taxis in two Chinese provinces without a safety driver in the car. This marks the first time permits have been issued for fully driverless cars on Chinese roads. Also this week, video emerged showing a driverless Tesla ploughing through a cardboard cutout child in a safety test but it is contested whether Tesla's self-driving technology was in operation during the test. The number of US teens who say they are online almost constantly has doubled since 2014. According to Pew Research, back in 2014, only 24% of teens reported spending most of their time online. Now that figure is 46%. YouTube was the most popular platform among respondents, used by 95% of US teens. TikTok came second with 67%. Meta launched Atlas, a new AI language model that outperforms much larger models on question-answering and fact-checking tasks. Atlas is augmented by a knowledge base that it can search to help it handle factual questions. A US federal judge says AIs cannot hold patents. In a case involving computer scientist Stephen Thaler and his quest to assign patents to AIs he has created, Judge Leonard P. Stark noted that US law is clear that only people can hold patents. And finally, virtual reality can cause experiences of transcendence that mimic those caused by LSD, according to a new study. A VR experience called Isness d produced the same effects as a medium dose of LSD on four key response indicators commonly used in studies of the drug. The experience sees participants take the form of a cloud with a ball of light at its centre. Humans of Earth. As always, here are a few key metrics to help you keep track of Project Human. The global population stands at 7.966 billion. Earth's currently needed stands at 1.786. The global population vaccinated against COVID stands at 61.9%. The 2022 progress bar stands at 61%. And on this day, the 12th of August 1991, the IBM personal computer is released. The first microcomputer in the IBM PC line, it sets the template for the personal computing revolution of the 1980s and 1990s. Face to face. Thanks so much for listening this week. The creep of biometric technologies into our lives is a slow motion collision between new technologies and age-old human needs. A classic case, in other words, of new world, same humans. This newsletter will keep watching and working to make sense of it all. And there's one thing you can do to help, and that's share. So now that you've made it to the end of this week's instalment, why not forward the email to someone else who'd also enjoy it, or share it across one of your social networks with a note on why you found it valuable. Remember, the larger and more diverse the New World Same Humans community becomes, the better for all of us. And all you have to do is navigate back to the article page or the email where this podcast is embedded and hit the big red share button. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back next week. Until then, be well.